Broncos Avenue podcast. This is your host, Amir, from Broncos Avenue on Instagram, here to talk to you today about some free agent news around the league that may pertain to the Broncos. And I have a very special guest later on in the episode, so stay tuned for that. That'll be a blast. And so I'm going to start off just with some news. We uh, The linebacker position in free agency, we have Bobby Wagner, who is a little rumored to go to the Broncos after he was... Uh, being recruited there behind the scenes from Russell Wilson. And he signs a five-year, $50 million deal with the LA Rams, up to $55 million in incentives. You know, it was kind of a player that most Broncos fans were kind of hoping for there at the linebacker position. We signed Josie Jewell to $11 million extension. And, you know, to get a player of his caliber was very um, eye-opening to fans in Broncos country. So he heads to L.A. there on a five-year deal. You know, we kind of touched on this a little bit in the first episode and the second episode of the podcast. Um, he's going to go over there and team up with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. That's going to be one a very, very stacked defense there. And so also we have, moving on, Tyron Matthew News. This is, this is something I want to touch on a little bit more. He's... He's one of those players, and we kind of uh, talked about this in the previous episode, but he's more of a hybrid player. He can play in various different positions in that secondary for you, so he'd be huge. But he's kind of looking for, I assume, a multi-year contract, and he's going to want the money he deserves. He's probably looking for that last huge contract, you know, before he does decide to hang it up. Um, you know, it's still a little early in his career to talk about retirement that, and, you know, and that, but... He does seem like after the way he played in Kansas City that he is going to be looking for a last huge contract uh, on an NFL team. So the Chiefs haven't even approached him about a new contract extension, haven't offered him anything. So he definitely is going to be looking for a new home. I know there's it's kind of split in Broncos country, probably leaning more towards uh, – more fans wanting Tyron Matthew than the other fans who are opposed to it, opposed to it, just because that'd be a lot of money contributed to the secondary with Justin Simmons be extended, being extended to that four year deal. Ronald Darby's on a three year deal. Um, Kareem Jackson just got let go. So kind of the idea right now is that Caden Stearns can play on that rookie contract and give some great value and production to that position um, as to if we were going to bring Tyron Matthew and put him there. So, you know, there's been different things talked about. I've seen on Twitter people saying, you know, why don't we have Caden Stearns in the dime um, or even in the slot covering, you know, tight ends or any receivers there, you know, helping out in that way while we have Tyron Matthew back there with Justin Simmons to have one of the most lethal duos, lethal uh, safety duos in the NFL. So that's definitely something to look at there. And I kind of want to touch on, you know, the two reports on this have been Jordan Schultz, uh, from the game day NFL kind of saying, you know, he predicts Tyron Matthew coming to the Broncos and he gave a list of teams that were interest, interested in him and he did include the Broncos in there and he kind of has his uh, top landing spot for Tyron Matthew as uh, Denver right now. I'm not too sure, uh, to be honest with you guys, I, if it will happen. I know in the second report has been uh, Benjamin Albright. He's really shut it down, you know, uh, he hasn't necessarily said there isn't any interest from the Broncos organization in Tyron Matthew, but it does seem with the way uh, Albright has been reporting that the, um, he technically said that we are not in on Tyron Matthew as I stated on my Instagram a few days ago. So 
you know, with that whole situation, there is kind of varying reports on him. Uh, nonetheless, Tyron Matthews is a phenomenal player. I mean, none of us can disagree on that. It's just going to come down to, you know, does he really deserve this price at his age? And, you know, nobody really knows. We have kind of a market value on what Tyron Matthew wants, but nobody really knows what he is seeking. So I also think it's, you know, a dark horse uh, team to keep in your mind is the New Orleans Saints. I mean, he was he was a part of, you know, he was with LSU in college. It's a huge piece of his heart there in New Orleans. He uh, actually went and did a speech to um, the LSU football program. I think it was yesterday. And you can tell that, you know, uh, that state does give him a lot of emotion. It does feel like home to him. That is going to play a huge factor. So that's something to keep in mind for Broncos fans there. And staying in the secondary, uh, we, we, you know, we've talked a lot about this player, but Stefan Gilmore, I know a lot of fans still, you know, like him as their favorite option in free agency right now. You know, we got Ronald Darby, Patrick Sertan, Bryce Callahan left, and now we picked up Kawan Williams, a slot corner from San Francisco. So to bring in Stefan Gilmore on the outside would give you some more cushion in the draft and would make you feel more comfortable considering Ronald Darby's injury history and the fact that his contract is a little lengthy. And, and, you know, we don't necessarily know the future with him on this team. If we were to approach him about a contract restructure, how that would go, you know, there's many different, you know, implying factors that could uh, change the secondary. So to have a backup option like Stefan Gilmore bring him in, you know, that would be huge. We have the cap space to make a move like that. Um, I'm not sure. I feel like Stefan Gilmore would probably look for a little bit more money, possibly from Las Vegas. But, you know, there's still different there's still different options out there that, you know, he hasn't ruled out re-signing with the Carolina Panthers. So definitely something to look at there. I know with their quarterback situation, I highly doubt he would want to return to the Panthers. Um but moving on, this is the main thing I really wanted to touch on today. The Noah Fant news with, you know, him coming out on 104.3, the fans kind of saying, you know, I've been, been I, I'm really frustrated with the way I was used by Pat Shermer in the Broncos offense. You know, he was, he explained his, uh, expressed his frustrations with that. He's very upset. Uh, he kind of talked about how he's using, he was being used as just like a receiver in the flat, you know, having to be, uh, he was just asked to like break tackles constantly, just catching you know passes, short intermediate passes in that offense. And he kind of you know said he understood what it was like in the NFL, what it's like in the NFL. You know when you're asked to do something, that's what you're expected to do. You know you, you perform at the highest level, you do what's asked of you, and you know that's what makes you a pro. And so he kind of elaborates on that in this quote, saying. Um, I feel when I came into the league, that's what I was drafted to do, right? Get down the field, make it, make those explosive p- plays, and kind of beat that pass, be that pass catching tight end. So he's kind of explaining here that you know I'm I'm a mismatched tight end. Like that was what I was drafted for. Like I'm I'm a deep threat. Like I have that speed. I have that length. You know that's kind of my skill set. And for him to for Pat Shermer to do the exact opposite and use him the exact opposite way in this offense, I definitely see what he's talking about there. I mean, he, you know, you could see in his body language throughout the season that he wasn't really necessarily being used the right way, and he was kind of 
pissed off about it, quite frankly. So, um, you know, furthermore, he says, over my time in Denver, I felt like that narrative kind of muddled down a little bit where it was more of a focus on me catching flat balls, like I talked about, or whatever it may be, and then trying to be a shifty guy, an elusive guy, and try to break as many tackles as possible to get my yards, whereas I viewed myself as a downfield threat. He says, get in that, get in open space, then I can make things happen. It was a little frustrating to be used in the short field. Obviously, there's a short part, there's a part of the game, and those intermediate routes are important, which I can do also. But definitely with my speed and things like that, I was drafted to get more down the field. So yeah, I already kind of touched on that. He uh, he's really quick. No offense. Um, ran a quick 40 at the combine. He, everybody knew that he was one of the fastest tight ends in that draft. Like he's just known as a mismatch. Like that's why everybody was expecting Noah fan to be, but how can he show that if he's being used as kind of one of those, like those blocking tight ends who will occasionally catch passes out of flat and like break tackles that to me, that was like completely unfair on his part. And I feel for him when he talks about that, like, because as a fan, you see those things, you see Noah Fan not being used properly. You see, uh, you see his frustrations after those plays, and then on top of that, quarterbacks constantly overthrowing him. Um, I don't know. To me, I feel like his entire tenure in Denver, maybe his best quarterback was you know Joe Flacco, who actually gave him the ball when you know when he he when he deserved it, and not even all the time he did it even that. So. Um, I don't know. To me, the whole situation's like it sucks the way he was used. But at the end of the day, this is a business, and you know he did what was asked of him. He didn't always. I know fans complain a lot about you know him catching those intermediate passes and then just like barely, you know, you know, barely breaking, trying to break any tackles. But I feel like in multiple situations on third down, it was kind of like yeah, Teddy's checking it down to fan, and he's like just being tackled short of the sticks every time, every time, every time. And so, yeah, I definitely can see where he's coming from on the situation. It's really unfortunate. And adding on that, he even kind of in a way calls out Pat Shermer. He says, when you get a head coach, they're going to specialize on one side of the ball. Vic is 100% an amazing defensive coordinator. When you have that, you've got to have a really good offensive coordinator to take the offense and run with it. So essentially he's, saying the Broncos made a terrible decision. I mean, that's John Elway there made a terrible decision on bringing in Pat Shermer, even in the first place. And I can I, like literally no fan is just literally saying nothing but truth here. I mean, come on, you bring in Vic Fangio and that's Vic Fangio. He, he had some flashes as head coach. I mean, that's, we can save that for another day. I mean, everybody has his, their own opinion on him, but to, if you're going to bring in a defensive mastermind like Vic Fangio in an offensive ran league like this and a quarterback driven league like this, you've got to bring in an amazing offensive play caller at, you know, as your offensive coordinator. I mean, it's, it's, that's just, everybody knows that it's common sense. And so I completely understand where he, what he's talking about there. If you're going to have a, a phenomenal defensive coordinator, why not bring in someone who can utilize the tight ends the proper way, who can u- utilize the quarterbacks and teach them the right way? You know, yeah, I know a lot, a, a lot, a huge portion of Broncos fans has their opinions on uh, Drew Locke and the way he was used by Shermer. So to hear Noah fan talk about this, you got to only imagine like 
man, I wonder what Drew Locke will, would eventually say. I mean, Drew Locke has been nothing but a professional through this whole process. So, um, and, you know, going off of what Drew, uh, what I've, you know, talking about Drew Locke in this situation, you know, it would be interesting what he has to say about Shermer, but, um, you know, you know, he has been a professional about this whole process. The only thing that stuck out to me has been when he kind of, you know, posted his thing on Twitter, uh, you know, talking about going to Seattle after the whole trade in the news and, you know, just hyping up Seattle fans and then him thinking, um, I can't remember who he thanked. I think he, he, I think he literally, I remember specifically him saying, at least saying, um, that he was going to one of the fan, he was saying he was going to the best fan base in the league, and he never thanked Broncos country. He never thanked the Broncos organization. So to me, that was a little not classy on his part. But you know, given the way maybe he was used, you know, there's there's multiple different opinions on that. I have to say at least like I feel like he isn't a starter in this league. Um, I feel like we kind of did him a favor by at least trading him to a team where he has a chance. So I don't know for him to not thank us at all. It didn't rub me the wrong way. It was just kind of like, what the heck, man? Like to me, that made, didn't make much sense to me. Just, you know, being a little classy on your part, even though a fan, you know, just basically dropped the bomb on the Broncos front office with uh, the way he was used and the coaching staff. Um, he still thanked Denver. He still thanked Denver for his time. He even specifically thanked Broncos country. So for him, that that definitely reassured me. I I've always liked Noah fan. He's I've been a huge Noah fan guy. Um, he just simply wasn't used correctly here, and I'm hoping they can use him correctly as a starter in Seattle. So with that being said, I've talked about you know the whole Noah, Noah fan news, the free agent news, updating you guys on that. I would like to move to our next segment and a special interview. And now I am super excited to announce my special guest for this episode. We have Deshaun Williams on here, the interior defensive lineman for the Denver Broncos. Uh, how are you doing today, man? Doing good, man. Just, you know, being daddy, you know, still working out, coming home, uh, watching my little man, you know, just being the husband and the dad. So it's going good. Yeah, saw that you had you have a newborn baby now. That's you know huge congratulations to you and your family. Uh, we're super excited to have you on today, uh, me and Trayton, to you know give you a few questions to answer here. So basically, you know, uh, you, you got a really good story there. Very inspirational. A lot of fans look up to you. Um, it's definitely a story to tell. You're on draft a free agent out of Clemson, you know, signed by the Bengals in 2015. You know, I had, had a little three-year run with him. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, it's been reported that you've been cut 10 different times in the NFL, which is an insane story, you know, for you to climb all the way up there to be where you are right now with the Denver Broncos. Um, you know, and, you know, in after that three year run with the Bengals, you are you signed with the Calgary Stampeders in the CFL in 2019. And then you kind of got that third stint with the Broncos in 2020. Can you kind of take us behind, you know, where you got that call from the Broncos and transitioning from the CFL back into the NFL? And, you know, kind of what were your thoughts, you know, getting that call from Denver and going back to the Broncos? Yeah, you correct. I've been cut uh, 10 times. So that's, yeah, wow. that's a lot. And that little short span, like of that three, 
that three three years cut ten times. So, man, it was man because um I came here in 2018 uh, during the spring around this time. Um, I just needed I just needed something new. Like I needed yeah. just a fresh scenery, and I felt like Denver would give me that shot and that chance. And uh, that's when I I met one of the best defensive defensive coaches I could ever be be a part of, Bill Kolar. And he told me right off the bat, like, I don't care how much you weigh, how tall you is, if you can play, I'm a, I'm a play you. And it didn't go as planned. Um, I had a great preseason, uh, probably one of the best preseasons I had. Um, it didn't go as, you know, it didn't go as planned. And then um, came back to 2019. He brought me back, and then um, it didn't go as planned again. And then 2020, I was just, you know, in the cloud, like just in the dark, didn't know what was going to happen. And then Bill called me again. He was like, Hey, um, I'm going to try to get them to uh, bring you back. And then I'm working at Amazon at the time. And then I got the phone call. I got the phone call on the job and he was like, Hey, um, what are you doing? I was like, I ain't telling what I was doing. (laughs) I was just like, Hey, um," I was like, Hey man, I'm just, I'm out. He was like, Hey, um, can you, uh, can you come sign? Then I called my agent and then um, we had to get uh, out of the Calgary uh, contract because I don't know if too many guys know, like if you sign a contract there, especially like a rookie deal, they they are going to hold you <laughs> for two years in that yeah. contract. So good thing I didn't play. Oh, I would have been stuck in that contract. But yeah, man, I went and signed. And after that, you know, the rest is history. Wow, that's pretty crazy. You know, Triton. Yeah, it, yeah, that's a great story, man. And c- can you take us on that journey, like as a whole, and what helped you get to where you are now, being a crucial contributor to one of the best defenses in the NFL now? Yeah, I probably say first and foremost, um, it's two people I gotta thank for sure, is uh the man above and then my wife, um, because during that time, man, I was you know I was questioning like not just myself, but just like is this is this what it's meant to be? Um, am I made to be, you know what I mean? I know I'm good enough. Like, not every team that I've been on, not one coach or GM told me I couldn't play. It was obviously, you know, it's a numbers game thing. And, you know, we stacked at this position. And then um, once like, I got the opportunity, man, I was just like, I'm not going to let this slip because when I first got a taste of, you know, the mile high, I was like, I loved it. And, um, you know, here, man, it's just – it's just a winning, just a winning uh, atmosphere, man. You know, this organization is is brand on winning. You know, they don't. Shannon Sharp said one thing that stuck with me. He like, we don't, we don't celebrate conference championship wins, or division wins. You know, we celebrate championships, and that's what we're trying to get to. You know, um, you know, we got a fresh new faces on the team, man. We got yeah. Coach Hackett, man. We got Coach Dixon as our D line coach. Coach E as our DC. EJ. Man, so it's just like, man, like the thing, like, like I said on my interview one day, I said we look good on paper, but we all know we gotta look, we gotta put the work in and and get to where we want to be. But it's like, man, like how can you not like get excited, <laughs> like for this team this year coming up, man? It's like this is what I guess Broncos country, you know, should be excited about, man. You know, the past couple of seasons. What we've been here, you know, people just been, you know, they had false hope of like, I hope y'all be good. I hope. But now it's like the fans like have a sense of urgency to like walk around with their chest out. 
and be like, yes, I'm a Denver Bronco fan. And like, we are, like, we're happy to like, see how the season goes, man. I can't wait. Yeah, I couldn't be more excited to be a fan of this team right now. I mean, look at the roster, like you said, on paper. It's it's crazy. And for you to be back, it's huge for the defensive line. Um, 2020, you really got the opportunity you deserved. And that's kind of when you proved, you know, that this is where you belong. You, you have an effect there on the defensive line. And so I wanted to actually, I know you talked a little bit about Shannon Sharp and you like that quote he was saying there with the AFC Championship. Um, I was actually going to ask you, is there anyone you like look up to specifically and uh, that influences you and kind of motivates you to be the best version of yourself on and off the field? Yeah. Um, first and foremost, uh, John Randall, for sure. Okay. I just, gra- I just gravitated, like, even at, when I was in high school, like, I just, I saw, like, NFL films on NFL Access uh, one time on television. And I was just like, who is this? Like, I got to do my research on him. And then, you know, being an undersized defense lineman in this game, I think he like paved the way, and then uh, you got your guys like Warren Sapp and you know uh, Aaron Donald. You know you got Grady Jarrett, uh, yeah, Kenny Clark. You know uh, Gerald Casey. Like having him uh, two years ago on the team, he taught me a lot. But I say first and foremost, uh, John Randall for sure. Like I watch his highlight before every game, and then you know I just try to. Obviously, I'm not John Randall, but I could be the best Deshaun Williams I can be. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, and so now we're going to transition more to the to the on-field aspect of things. Um, I'd like to know what, what was your initial thought or, or uh, reaction to the Nathaniel Hackett hire and what type of impact do you think like a high-energy guy like him will have on the locker room and the, the team success as a whole? I think it's big. Um, you, know, um, you know, we never want to see nobody get fired, you know. But I think it was just much needed for, you know, just for the team and for this for this organization. You know, Vic did a great job with us on defense. Like, we can't – we cannot, like, shot that away. You know, we finished, like, what, top five total defense. So, you know, he did what he was supposed to do. You know, it was just one, it was just one part of the other end. We couldn't get over the hump. But having Coach Hackett, man, it's like once you walk in the building, when I first met him a couple of days after he uh, – got the job it's like whoa like where's this energy come from this is totally different you know but it's much needed because our team is you know fairly young and we need that you know we need a guy that we all can relate to and you know we can share the same things you know if you heard his background you know he likes like rap music and R&B music all that (laughs) stuff so it's like we can have a coach that we can talk to and jail with because that's big you know if you got a guy that you can relate to you know He's a, you know, his resume speaks for itself. And then, you know, you got, you know, the boss man, George, you know, he's putting this thing together. He's not wasting no time, you know. So it's like all the right pieces that he's doing and then the staff that he, uh, Coach Hackett, put together, man, is wonderful. Yeah, yeah that hire brings really a lot glad. of – I'm sorry. Oh, sorry, man. Uh, I'm really glad you touched on that, especially about his energy and being able to relate to the coach. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that you touched on that because that is something I think is so important for just a te- like team success as a whole in the locker room, because if the locker room isn't right, then the team isn't right. And, sure. and, and I, I feel that's great. And I, I, I'm, I'm so glad that we got a coach like Hackett that the players can relate to. And you guys are coming from similar backgrounds and can understand each other better in some scenarios than, like maybe past coaches or past scenarios that you've been in. And that's, that I'm really glad you touched on that. Thanks for that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's big because, you know, 
like we get it. Like we get like it's all like, all right, you come in and do your job, you know, it's football. But if I can't come into a workplace each and every day and I have no relationship with you, then you know it gets kind of like stagnant. It's like I'm just here, it's kind of mm-hmm. dull. Like it's just I'm just here to do my job and go home. Like, nah, like these this is like one of the best years of our lives. You now we're playing a child's game and getting paid great for it, you know, and how can we not come to a work environment that we do like that we post, you know, is is our environment. We post love, we post a, it's like our second home because we there majority we there majority of the times than uh than our families. So we basically family. So if I got a guy that I'm that I can relate to, I you know, I can I'll run through a brick wall for him. You know, and I feel like everybody on our team uh I think feels that way. I think the fan base feel that way. And I think it's gonna be a totally different energy just not just with the players, but also with the fans, because now they have somebody that's not just gonna, you know, be stagnant with interviews and things like that. You're gonna have a little insight of what the, what the team or what we're doing. Yeah, that uh, hire. I feel like every player that's talked about Nathaniel Hack is talking about how his energy just is so uplifting. And you know, any room that you walk in with him, you know, even the even the members of the organization with George Payne and all of them, that hire seems like a home run so far. And like you talked about, that hire is only gonna be a boost in chemistry for the, uh, all the players in the locker room and him, and it's, it's going to contribute to on the field. So I actually also wanted to ask, you know, staying with um, the coaches, a new hire for the defense coordinator job, like you already brought up, Jero uh, Averro, um, the passing game coordinator, secondary passing game coordinator from the Los Angeles Rams. You know, what were your initial thoughts when you first saw the news that we brought him in? And, you know, what kind of impact do you think he's going to have on that defense as a whole and also the defensive line that you're playing on? Uh, it was huge. You know, um, I think when we found out who, who the care, head coach was, we was like, okay, we got that out the way. And then we just so anxious about, like, who's going to be the D.C. Because we was like, all right, we're going to go to a 3-4. We're going to go to a 4-3. Yeah. And then we're like, all right, we've been – well, I guess I like we kind of figured just three four defense out, so I guess a lot of people was like, oh, we don't want to go to a four three because that kind of mess up the rhythm of what we have." But then we found out, okay, we getting a guy that runs the exact same defense, and he came underneath, you know, Coach Vic, so he know a thing or two and the verbiage and things like that. And we found out that that was like, oh, like, all right, man, we we set like we got kind of like the perfect. <laughs> Ain't no such thing as perfect, but we kind of got the perfect scenario of, like, our defense and offense, like, what we needed. And then just to get him and just to – like, his resume speaks for itself. And then what he did this uh, this previous season, you know, he's a Super Bowl champ, you know. So how can you not, like, be as excited? You know, um, I spoke with him. You know, he you know he tells us we're not that far apart uh, with our defense and what they did, uh, the Super Bowl run they had. So it's like to hear that, but – one thing I did ask him, I was just like what what made them Super Bowl contenders. He just said just the just everybody was just like family, you know, like they fight for each other, they they'll do anything for each other. And I feel like that's that's uh, the type of defense we're gonna have this year. Yeah, I think that's super huge. Like I hear you talking a lot, and even I've I've heard it with Hackett, just how they emphasize like how important you know family is, how important the relationships are, like that chemistry. It's going to be huge for the guys, you know, like we were just talking about with Hackett, but, um, you know, Trayton, you want anything there? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really glad that you touched on that about uh, coming from under Vic. And and I have noticed I've, I've watched a lot of the tape and I do see a lot of similarities uh, schematically between like in 
uh, Ajero's defense and Vic's defense. And I, I, and I know that uh, Ajero came up from under Vic and spent a lot of time learning that system. And I, I'm sure some things will be different, but I, I, I'm, I was glad when I, when I, when I found out about the hire and when I really started digging into the tape, I was glad to see that it's, it's mostly the same conceptual stuff schematically. Yeah. So that way it's not going to be such a harsh transition or such a, uh, such a big transition over to a completely different scheme defensively. For sure. Cause a lot of people like, like you say, like when you get a new DC and we've been playing this three, four defense for the past, you can say really for the past four years, Wade Phillip defense was kind of three, four was kind of different, but yeah, man, we would have got a four, three coach, man. That, that, that takes away. Shoot. That's like, that's like speaking. It's like, it's like learning French. And when you you know, you just been speaking English for the rest of like all your life it's hard because now you got to do the, the verbiage and the technique yeah. wise and the scheme is different and then now you know we've been playing this defense and I feel like every game that we play a lot of people tell us like man y'all defenses man it's it's tough to play against y'all man y'all like hard nose y'all fight hard every day and then to find out that we're getting you know like you say it might be some little tweaked little, little different things in there but just to get the same like verbiage and kind of the same system, man, it's, it's a blessing. Yeah. And transitioning to the next question. And I, I think this is easily the most uh, flashy move of the off season is the Russell Wilson trade. And I'd love to know what your initial thoughts and reaction was to that move. And how do you think a player of his caliber will impact the locker room and the team success on the field? What's funny, his impact is already there. We just haven't met him yet. <laughs> like, you can <laughs> sense, like, you can sense, like, he, you know, everybody knows about his DNA. Like, his resume speaks for itself. You know, he's a he's a championship-caliber quarterback. You know, he he just – I'll say it, he didn't have no line in, C, in Seattle, and it was kind of crazy, like, him not having that. And he made – you know I mean? He made lemons out of lemonade with that. Yeah. And then and now – you know, he has Tim, he has a Cortland, a Judy, a KJ, a AO, a Javante. You know, our line, you know, is improved. So it's like, man, like to have that with these type of weapons, man, it's amazing. And then, like, my first initial was like, wow, like, we, <laughs> uh, like, no, dis like, no discredit to any quarterback that came after Peyton. But it was like, wow, we like we we really got a quarterback now. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you, like, <laughs> you have a proven winner, someone you know yeah. is gonna be the promise line, you know. Yeah, I, it's, like, it's like we really like we really have it. Like, damn, like it took this long for us to <laughs> to finally get a quarterback, and we got one. So it's like, it's like it's, I, it's, it don't seem real, <laughs> but it's like, yeah, we finally got. So what's the excuse now? And I, I'm really glad that you you said you could already feel his impact. And that's something that I've noticed as well, just especially around the fan base. I mean, the fans are, I mean, couldn't be more excited for the upcoming season and two, just the players, even just from like uh, watch, like looking at social media and interviews and things like that. Like I, I just, I can tell the energy in Broncos country this year and especially within the organization is just completely different than it ever has before. It's probably since, yeah. probably since Peyton retired. Yeah. And, like, uh, sure, like, like just him, like you know, taking like taking those guys, you know, just throwing the ball and you know running routes with him, you know, he like him learning like what they like, what they favorite routes they like, like how they like the ball placement or like how he like throw 
throw here and this type of coverage or how they plant. Like, that's huge because a lot of people don't know that chemistry, man, it's going to go a long way because the time that they putting in right now is going to pay off when the season starts, man. And him doing that, you know, he um, we had a Zoom call with him not too long ago, and he just, you know, he told us, like, what the standard is. And, you know, and to have that type of leader, you know, don't nobody want to have a drop-off. Like, obviously we know he's on the offensive side, but defensive side, we like, we don't want to let him down. So, you know, it's going to up our play. Yeah, and I know a lot of the fans were so excited to see a move of that caliber. And, you know, yeah. after all these seasons, just like kind of we all knew in the back of our heads this quarterback quarterback position was kind of holding this team back. And, you know, as fans, I bet we weren't as excited as the players, you know, who were on the field putting in the work. And, you know, after putting all that work in, you know, with Vic Fangio over there and to finally get a quarterback – like Russell Wilson, that had have been like an insane relief and excitement and so much emotion at once. Man, it was like it was like Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it was like Christmas. Yeah, so I actually wanted to ask you, you know, some uh, fun final questions here. You know, uh, so what you so far with your uh, NFL career, it could be with any team, um, preferably the Broncos. But what is your favorite moment so far? Um, in the NFL, it could be literally anything that's like happened, you know, in the locker room, on the field, anything. Favorite moment uh, so far, man, I'd probably say uh, I'm going to have a 1A and 1B. Uh, okay. The 1A the 1A was um, making the team last year. Like, that was my first official, like, uh, I didn't get a phone call that whole day. <laughs> I didn't have to worry <laughs> wow. about being on my phone. And then I'd probably say the 1B is really 1A2 as well. And we went to Dallas and beat the <laughs> – and beat, beat the brakes up them and just and just see it. I think that's when I finally knew what Broncos country really was, like when we went to Dallas and how we played and then just to see, like, man, all of orange in that yeah. stadium. It, it was amazing. Man, I'll never forget your uh, interception off Cam Newton in the Patriots game. That shit was crazy. <laughs> I appreciate you. Yeah, and I and going back to that Cowboys game, I, I'm glad you brought that up because that actually, I, I would say that's easily the most memorable memorable Broncos game for me since since the Peyton era, and I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up because when the team is clicking like that, you really can't see what this organization and what this what the fan base and the culture here is about. And I'm really glad that you brought that up because this this fan base, team, organization, everything everything is built on winning. And yeah. I, I think that really goes to show, like, how great of a culture we have here. Yeah, man. Like, man, I'll tell you what, man. This, man, y'all, man, I, like, I want to give a big shout out to Broncos Coach. Man, I can say, man, win, lose, or draw. Y'all going to pack whatever stadium home or way out. Man, it's like, y'all really, like, it's really Broncos country. Like, they, they really mean that. Like, I'm telling you, like, even when, um, what game was it? Uh. We, we, I think we were like on a three-game losing streak, and we played away, and the the fans were still there, you know, cheering us on. Now I could, now I really say that, man, because like I said, it it comes Bronco, you know, it comes with winning. Yeah, y'all know, and y'all know what winning is. Y'all seen it for the past, you know, two decades. So man, it's like, you know, the couple of years have been let down, but y'all know, y'all always have that hope, like this year can be the year, and I think this year, like, yeah. <laughs> everybody has something to cheer for now 
yeah, we're so eager to get back into that winning streak. And, you know, with the moves we made so far, definitely encouraging that it's trending that way. And we still have a solid amount of draft picks, even after that Russell Wilson trade. There's still moves yeah. to be made, still for agents that we could possibly pick up. One final question for you today. Is there a specific uh, locker room moment or any story that you have that's that stands out from the rest? It could be funny. It could be like jaw dropping, like anything interesting. Uh, shoot. I probably say the most like would get me pumped up every <laughs> every day, man. Just seeing Chubb, man, Chubb, man, Chubb gonna have that speaker bumping <laughs> every day playing whatever type of music he got on the ops court, man. He going to set the tone for the day. Man, I think, man, just seeing Chubb, man, his energy. You know, um, Judy, Judy is a character, man. Him dancing and all that stuff. Man, I tell you, like, we have a room, like, full of characters. Like, Dre, like, people don't understand, like, Draymond is hilarious. Obviously, y'all seen a couple of his tweets. He, he yeah, just don't tweets. care. He don't, he don't, oh, yeah, my, Draymond's been cracking me up that's, all. But that, that's truly him. Like, he's just – he don't care at all. He said that thing about uh, Will Smith and his wife <laughs> after the whole Oscars yeah. thing. That was that was hilarious. Yeah, yeah like, I thought Dray, that was pretty great. Yeah, and Dray, that's something that I really do I, – I really do appreciate seeing things like that because yeah. it – you know, it, it kind of reminds you that, like – it kind of reminds the fans that everybody's human, you know? Yeah, like they're making like, they're making the same jokes that we make. They're do they're they're living the same uh you know, you guys are going through the same stuff that we are, you know. Yeah. I, I I think in the midst of like in like in the midst of everything, the season, the off the season while it's going, the off season, uh, everything to do with on the field, I, I feel like people kind of lose sight of like that there is that off the field life and you know people just yeah. want to enjoy themselves and I, I do like seeing that player perspective. Yeah. I think I think um I think the fans got to see our true side uh during like OTAs and camp this past year. Yeah. When we had like the little uh question of the day type things and everybody see how Justin Simmons like to argue with <laughs> oh yeah. Buddy. Oh yeah. So <laughs> so yeah, man, to see that man, yeah, like that's but that's like every that's every day though. Like people seeing that, like that's like you say, the fans getting to see like our true personalities come out. They just used to seeing like you no, know, they don't know the face, they just know the number and the helmet. So just yeah. to see that, yeah, that gives y'all like an insight of who we truly are, man. And we just like everybody else, we human, you know, we just we just play, you know, we just play NFL, man. But like I said, a kids game. Is getting paid great for it, man. And we plan for a great organization. Yeah, to me that was so cool and reassuring. Like even where when our record wasn't where it, we wanted to be, like even during the camp, just to see this team, you know, just vibing, having a good time. They had the whole thing in the locker room with uh, is water wet and Shelby Harris and mm-hmm. Callahan and Simmons were going crazy. That was <laughs> absolutely hilarious. But yeah. yeah, to see the team just having a good time, just being friends and family. That like at the end of the day, that's what it's all about, just having fun. For sure. So it was really awesome having you on today. I could not be more thankful for you. You know, taking your time out of your day to be here with us. Uh, it was super fun, you know, answering these quick questions for us. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to add? No, nah, man. I like it, man. I appreciate y'all, man. Um, like I said, man, like the fans, man, we really do appreciate y'all. Man, we, you know, we're going to try to get this thing back to where it need to be. Um, I know that this season, man, the stadium going to be packed out every game. 
Man, I just want to say, uh, just know that we working hard. Man, I appreciate I appreciate you having me on your podcast. And, you know, go Broncos country, man. Appreciate y'all. Yeah. yeah any- thank, thank you, man. Can't thank you enough. Appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come answer these for us. No problem. Appreciate y'all for having me. So fun having you on. Anytime you're uh, willing to come back, we'll be more than well, uh, or open arms for you to come back. So uh, good luck in the rest of your season. And go Broncos. Thank you.